Jalen Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say... Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap pod, 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 pod. Podcasting live from San Jose, California It is the dad bod rap pod I am one of three of your hosts Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dib One uh, Dave is abstaining tonight But I'm joined <laughs> here by uh nathaniel j leblanc what's going on man oh i'm all right um everything sucks but i'm fine right yeah i mean we're yeah. like the the world is like gearing up for war i don't, I don't know what to say about any of that it's just horrible um, Yeah, that yeah. is you know not something we're gonna delve into here but it's certainly no. on my mind no we're not gonna do a, a ukraine uh hip-hop series uh here on the dad bod rap pod no, I've been I've been impressed by the level of people being like, you know what? I don't know shit. Like I don't have I've been impressed with the online discourse of a lot of people going, you know what? Don't really know. Don't really know what's going on. Gonna have to just kind of always a good idea to just yeah. be like, I don't know enough about this to comment about it. Yeah, refreshing in some ways, but uh we will stick to basketball as it were, uh, and talk about rap music. Um Today has been an interesting day for rap. I know this will be like in a time capsule by the time you hear it. But um, today, Nate introduced me to a song um, (laughs) that is a very interesting song, but I'll be honest, kind of sent shockwaves of fear through my body. And we'll talk about my own personal baggage uh, with regards to that. But um, Quelle Chris has a new song uh nate why don't you why don't you tell them about i think you're much more qualified to describe what this is than i yeah so uh you know i just felt like we hadn't gotten any good tweets off in a while so i i had i'll just tell you damon and by by extension everyone else i had this whole thing i was gonna tweet about how like we don't mind if people send us music or ask to be on the podcast we're like we're very open you can email us you can dm us it's fine but if we don't get back to you that's a no and like it's just (laughs) yeah there there are many lovely people shooting their shot all the time and i respect that and i've shot my shot and i understand what it feels like to be on the other side of a cold email but there's sometimes there's like a getting back to you did you listen did you try it did you check it and i'm like yeah Yeah. i checked it like you don't want to know you don't want to (laughs) know you don't want to know yeah trust me um and so i had i formed and then deleted a whole thing like that and then oh, I was yeah? like yeah uh, and I was like okay let me do a nice thing okay let's talk about music that's what okay. Twitter should be it shouldn't yes. be us yes. big timing people and be like I yeah. don't have time to get back to you about your bullshit video premiere you know it's like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I decided to put a good vibe all right in the universe rather there than a bad go, one so yes I'm trying um <laughs> so I was just like what's everybody listening to and generally speaking that becomes a forum for people to self-promote their own music in a way that annoys me today it became a forum for an artist who we love and have talked Mm -hmm. to on the show and hold in like this immense regard to send us a new track that kind of blew my mind and um 
I want to get the title right here. Um, so I'm going to click over. But basically, it is Quelle Chris's Sea Shanty. And it's called In the End soundtrack yeah. version. And it is incredible. It blew my mind, dude. I, I, yeah. I had seen this floating around, but I actually hadn't listened to it. And I couldn't, I was like, surely it can't be what people are describing it as. It is. <laughs> it's totally that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of the first time I heard Stone Fruit and when I heard Elucid kind of singing for the first time. And I was like, sure. whoa, this is not the normal thing. Like, this is a different thing from an artist I thought I understood. Right. But they're showing me a whole new side of themselves here. And that's exciting to me, especially mm -hmm. when I'm like on board with an artist like I am with Elucid or Quelle. So we got kind of into an interesting back and forth about it. And we chatted more in a, you know, unreadable forum about it. And um, it, it was just really, really interesting. Uh, Quelle Chris is so talented. Yeah. And this just, this just emerged as a, a new idea for him. And I will say, and I know this has turned into kind of a monologue. Uh, sea shanties are having a bit of a moment. Um, <laughs> there are TikTok sea shanties. Shut the fuck things. up. Yes, I'm not on TikTok, but I've heard about it. Oh, man. Um, there's this Shanty movie. talk? Yeah, oh. <laughs> we're in a shanty town now. Um, with, so there's this movie, which I actually sent the IMDb to Quelle Chris, called Blow the Man Down, where it's like a, it's a murder noir kind of film in like in the winter in a uh, coastal Maine uh, fishing mm -hmm. village. My wife and I watched it during the pandemic and really liked it. And they have like uh, these fishermen singing sea shanties as kind of like a Greek chorus as kind okay. of like a magical realism element to the movie. Okay. Um, when I sent that to him, he said a bunch of people had been telling him to re to watch the movie, the lighthouse. Lighthouse, Yeah. Have you watched that? I have not, but I, I, insane uh that's what i hear yeah. and also insane that the guy in that is now playing the batman like it's just it's so weird but it, it very good movie in its way definitely a one-time watch for me it's like a psychological horror film set in a, okay you know lighthouse and it definitely has similar vibes to this but yeah um so <laughs> i said i was just like you guys should hear this what do you think of this so damone what do you think of it um i had actually listened to it i think blackhead posted it the other day and I listened to it and <clears throat> I got about halfway through it and I went, this isn't Quelly, Chris. Something, something, <laughs> something has gone awry in this. This is something else. And, or I'm like, Quelly, Chris did the video. So, there's something I was like, there's something I'm missing about this. I don't, I don't have fully focused attention right now. I will come back to this. And then Nate shared it in our group chat. Um, and I kind of sat down with it. And uh, and listen all the way through. And I guess for me, it's one of those moments where I go, something's cool is happening here. I'm not getting it. And, and that's what it okay. is ain't exactly clear. <laughs> exactly. Something, <laughs> something, something very hip is happening here. You ever come across somebody that is wearing something so fashion forward? You want to be like, that actually went past ridiculous and is cooler than my receptors can understand at this point. It, it is like, not something I'm proud of, but there is a game that my wife and I play, hipster or homeless. And it yes, oftentimes yes. is like, is has this person 
put together from the tritus of the world an outfit that is actually fucking amazing. Or the, the actually the funniest one, and this is hard to describe with because it's an audio medium, but are you familiar with the term <laughs> Streganona? Did you ever read that book? Yeah, you the book. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's this old like gnome looking lady living yep. in the side of the freeway on the overpass by where I take my wife to drop her off for work. And she was like, you know, like, especially like the stereotypical Italian grandma, they start mm-hmm. to bend over it. They have like yeah, a stooped, like, uh, yeah, a stooped uh, posture perfectly said. But she was wearing this like sick ass leather jacket and like Oakley's. So we started calling her Streganeo. And like every time we, dr- I only drive her to work one day a week. It's on Saturdays and we have kind of a ritual where we get coffee or stuff. And we like, we'll get to that exit and we'll be like, we like look at each other. We'll be like, do you think Strega Neo will be there? We want to see her again and see what her next outfit is. Like just that's, that's kind of what I'm talking. Like, I think you're talking about It's like yeah, yeah. the coolest person in the world. Or is that like, so she won't die. Yeah. <laughs> Or both. And, the, and these days, it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, very fine line. Uh, you guys have to throw a twenty at Streganio. <laughs> every time you drive past her. I um, don't give money to homeless people. I give money to homeless causes. But I hear you. No, no. Streganio has taken. <laughs> Streganio deserves it. She's now it's become it. content. So I exactly. Guess I so, so she's getting four percent of our Patreon. But um, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I think, at a certain point, um. I want to feel like I know when something is hip and cool, even when it's not for me. And that's, and that's kind of what I walked away from this going. Um, this is an artist in a mind I respect. You know what I mean? I respect his mind and kind of how totally. he does and, stuff. And especially uh, you and I actually somewhat disagreed on Innocent Country too, and kind of mm-hmm. the uh, more orchestrated elements of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I remember every time I've ever done this, but and I often do this, and it's probably a pretty bad quality, but I'll, I'll find myself being like, you should like this, it's Black excellence. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you that? Like, there's, don't do that, Nate. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. Um, and also, kind of like, I like things as an idea. I'm, I'm, I like... Uh, I like the idea of an artist like Quilly Chris expanding and doing these like um, very vastly different styles of projects. Um, but you know, I'm I, part of me is just like some little backpacker asshole that's like, "What is this Popeye? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, this is like <laughs> this is my one of my favorite rappers doing Popeye shit." But as I when I listened to it and looked at the lyrics, I went all right, this is, there's something here. I'm just, I'm not there yet, but you're interested in it. So this is what I think "Mm." is compelling about it. I think the world, as we mentioned at the top, is in a very dark place. And I think that is something that is not really appropriately conveyed in rapping it is the sadness the sadness the like the heaviness of now it's basically it's a bit basically this song is about how the world is shit and like he's not wrong no and the way that the song morphs and grows and changes over its arrangement um puts a little sunshine in that and actually not to like toot my own horn but i'm actually very proud of my capsule review that i wrote for quelle chris's uh album guns in mm-hmm. the uh mm-hmm. passion of for the Wise end of the year list when it came mm-hmm. out i think that was 2019 19. yeah and i worked really hard on that and i think it's one of my better little blurbs but um 
that is a dark album it's about like kind oh, of, you know, american gun culture and like it has obamacare which is an amazing song and video amazing. but like all of it is so fucking dark and then there's some like there's some chorus elements to it especially at the end of the record where it it, it lifts us up a little bit at the end and i liked the way i captured it i can't remember how i said it anyway but anyway yeah all, the, all yeah. that to say it's i don't know man it's just like you know we we've spent like parts of the past three years going like where's all the protest songs yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like and there yeah. are some and usually they're corny like rapping yeah. about the the state of the world kind of it tends to it's lead trite you now. to some trite territory some corny yep. territory yep. singing about the end of the world however gives you a lot more ways to suffuse the mm. feeling the emotion into it without mm. having to be so pointillist with the yep. words yeah so this these are all my interpretations this is i don't know if this is what he intended or not and it says Specifically, it's for a soundtrack project. Quelle and Chris Keys contributed. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, to the um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack, yes. and like yep. he's just so he's just so talented. Like I, I don't know if it's part of a bigger thing. I don't know if it's what it's intended and... for. I just know that it moved me this morning. I wanted to share it with you guys. I'm yeah. super fascinated by it, and I I will say this because this is something he said to me publicly about this today on Twitter. It's not a joke. And that, no, that yeah, much yeah. less of his music is a joke than people sometimes think. And I felt like very he wanted to get tweet. that off his chest today. And yeah, I, again, like, I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by this. I this is not, this it's, and it didn't strike me as parody, more just like um, where, my, my understanding point for it was actually the song Sudden Death, um, which is this really interesting, um, even, it's hard to even cl- classify this genre because that's not rap music either. They're kind of, it's a sing-songy thing. I think it's a Chris Keys production. Um, and Quelle Chris, he has this uh, ability to like capture the feeling of a slightly strange but uplifting indie movie. Mm-hmm. Like he and he's like one of the few rappers that can do it. It's a very strange vibe. Some Charlie Kaufman. Yes, he, but he has know, like a Michelle Gondry before he <laughs> went totally cardboard weird. Like <laughs> it's right there. I feel like I've seen. It's like I'm like I'm at a at a film festival and I'm right. like, okay, the feelings that it evokes are like that. So the uh, in the end, the sea shanty is not like completely out of the box like if makami had did it or something although i actually wouldn't be that surprised if he did something like that either. Uh, the, uh, uh, Haitians uh, are a seafaring people people right? yes yeah <laughs> but uh it, it kind of got me in this space of like um similar to when i saw rap ferrera uh playing country blues guitar i you mean for, crow billiken crow billiken that is that's the name his, that's his blues persona his oh, crow man. billiken he started a an IG and like he's like I he's gonna do an album like I'm I'm sure of it and and that shit frightens me and let me tell you why um the the Quelly Chris joint as well as uh Rap Ferreras forays into country blues selfishly I get scared that they're bored of rap now and that we're we're heading towards an Andre 3000 Lauren Hill situation where they become bored with the genre they start doing other things, some of which are, are brilliant, um, but they're not rapping. So there's something very special. I know rap can be like overdone and trite and everybody can do it, but high level rapping is such a special thing. Personally, I get like, oh, 
know, it gives me a little bit of tension, even though I, I like to, for artists to be expansive and, and pursue their creative visions. But like, I also want motherfuckers to rap. Like, I hear rap, you, dude. Rap. And I, I've, I've felt the same way over time many times, including with the two artists that you referenced, Lauren and Andre in particular. Um, I will say this, both of them had a financial <laughs> Loads uh, <of> money. <laughs> wiggle room <laughs> yeah. to explore yeah. the flute or uh, yeah. you know, having 27 kids, <laughs> kids uh, yeah. that I don't, I don't think d- these gentlemen necessarily do. They'll probably have to rap to live um, mm, and good point. rapping because you have to pay the bills is a very powerful motivator for good rapping so. <laughs> and, and bad rapping. <laughs> I don't Depending know. Man, um, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I am finding myself fascinated by the side products here, and like we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. And, and, but yeah. I do want to touch on one thing before we move on. Um, I got into a debate with some of my parents' friends about this when I was a very snotty record store clerk, and they wanted to try to tell me that the song Imagine by John Lennon was not a rock and roll song. And I'm like, he's a rock and roll artist. So no matter what he does, there are rock and roll ballads. Oh, interesting. Like, they're like, yeah, that's not a rock song. I'm like, okay, then what is it? And, is, it and, is, is it a folk song? No. It's not. No. Yeah, it's become no. like this anthemic, like world defining thing, like a w- wonderful world kind of thing. Like you could sure. like you could say like a standard perhaps, but you can't sure. write something that's a standard it becomes a standard by after time after time by and the reason reinterpreted what the reason why imagine fits in the canon of like what's called rock is in part because he did it right like it's yeah this is this is my reasoning of why it's a rock song one he's a rock artist two it's filed in the rock section three (laughs) there are other rock songs more rockin you know like yeah the onomatopoeic about it Right. songs on that record though it's a weird record and he was doing his primal scream therapy and he's all over the place on that thing but like how do you sleep at night is basically a blues but yeah. he's a rock artist because he's john lennon the most famous rock guy ever to live you know what I mean? yeah and so what what he does kind of helps define the genre if it was done by a, a smaller artist or somebody on the fringes maybe not so much but like yeah it's it's part i mean that's so, that's that's rock and roll is this sea shanty a rap song Oh. Or, or uh, let's take rap out of it. Is okay. this sea shanty hip hop? That is a fucking now, great that's question. That's interesting. That is very interesting. My my first impulse is to go. No, it is not because <laughs> un- unlike unlike rock, rock is a very interesting at its at its best is a very interesting amalgam of a lot of things. Rock is kind of R and B and it's kind of blues and it's it has these different textures and flavors and things that uh, some of its progenitors stole. Hip hop, I think, has a very particular set of characteristics that make it hip hop. One of my favorite Quelle Chris tunes, Sudden Death, is, is not a rap song. And you could argue it's not really a hip hop song, except it's produced by Chris Keys. So you could say it has a feel that kind of gets it in there. Uh, the Sea Shanty is not a rap song by, by any means, which kind of, even though I don't totally get it, makes it more amazing because he's doing something that is clearly a whole nother thing. It's like if he had just painted a, a mosaic or painted a mosaic, if he had just painted a painting and we we're like, oh my God, you, you actually pulled that off. What, what impresses me about this is he pulled that shit off. You could have told me that was 
somebody else entirely. Right. You could have made up an artist and been like, this is his masterwork. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Right. Okay. This guy's king of the sea shanties. Yeah, exactly. Uh, girls dropping shanties. Um, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, my answer is if if Quelle Chris put this on a record, it would be filed in the rap section at the record store. So it doesn't have to be rap because it's not beats and rhymes, but it is hip hop because he's hip hop. And whatever whatever we do, thus, I'm very, yeah, the royal very broadly, yeah. including us yeah. in this conversation for some reason, makes it hip-hop kind of makes and that's that's almost a philosophical thing we could get into you know maybe over some record store some essentialist point. but that, that's uh, at the end Nate of LeBron. the day that's kind of what it, it has to have a little tag uh, like there it's a number system in the filing and that's yeah. where it would end up you know what i mean okay okay but let me let me ask you this and we will cut to this interview and we'll set it up for you guys i promise um <laughs> uh this always burned me because I, I briefly worked at a record store too um but it would annoy me uh, when Prince was put in like, oh, that's r and I'm like, ah, oh, you're just saying that because he's black. Like, I'm sorry, if Prince was white, that shit would have been in the rock section. Or He pop. has some very rocking songs, but I actually think he's, he's properly filed in what I would call the soul section. And then there's soul, which is, again, we, we, have, to, we have to acknowledge kind of the history of what that means. You just, means I'm like, ah. It, it means it means a so, it's a sound, but it's also like well, that's the black people. Like, yeah. yeah, there's one guy that's allowed the black person that's allowed to be in rock, or maybe two. It's like Richie Havens and Jimi Hendrix um, that that can actually get outside of that. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I, I got different ideas. Genres are weird, um, but uh, you know, as I said at the time, I said we're going to stick to hip hop, and we <laughs> talked about sea shanties. Imagine Havens. I didn't I didn't think you were gonna drop that. He's got some amazing stuff. Like he's kind of lumped into like a hippie dumb because core. of his like like honestly very moving opening to the Woodstock for, for movie Woodstock. And soundtrack, but like he I mean that guy's brilliant. Like uh, you know, his voice Havens all day, yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, you didn't you didn't see us getting to Richie Havens, did you? <laughs> Dad Bod Rap Pod fans. Uh we are expansive in our taste and sensibility. Shout out to Quilly Chris. Um I would love, we got to get him on the program. And we have to talk about all this with him, not just yeah. about him. Yes, yeah. I completely yeah. agree. But you know, yeah. the way the schedule has been going, we're going to talk, like, it's going to be weeks from now and no one's, you know, and people will always care because he's a brilliant artist, but we got to kind of make moves. Yes, yes, to try to make this happen. But um, let's get to uh, our interview for today. We have a, an interesting artist um, who joined us for an interview. Illingsworth, straight out of Detroit. I have a soft spot for all things Detroit. Yeah, we've Illings been on such the Detroit run lately. Just a, a tear. And I love it because when we're talking to people from Detroit, I can reference that we've talked to other people from Detroit. <laughs> and I don't know if it's cool to them, but I feel cool. Yeah, um, you've definitely gotten your basement comment off a few times. <laughs> every time. Every, every, and when we get Royce the 5'9 in this motherfucker, I'll be like, I'm in the basement. Uh, and we and we've only scratched the surface. Like reading it's not Dilla, even close. Not reading even Dilla close. time, I, I'm like, oh, there's so many interesting uh Detroit artists we'd love to talk to. But that being said, we have this interview with Illingsworth, who is a rapper, producer, producer, rapper, who produced a new project uh called There in Spirit, which was just released on uh, I believe Mellow Music, because we are a Mellow Music promotional arm. <laughs> Uh, uh, by Homeboy Sandman, 
So uh, Ellingsworth has bars of his own. I just want to put that out there as we kind of transition to this. We talk a lot about um, the Homeboy Sandman album, which is is pretty darn good. It's, it definitely sits uh, within uh, some of Homeboy Sandman's better work. Uh, but Ellingsworth is both an MC and a producer. Uh, and also, I, I hope he doesn't take offense to this. He's kind of a funny guy. He's totally like, funny. You yeah, know, he yeah. had a good sense of humor, and he's like yeah. very self-effacing. And um, I, I think he his humor is very apparent. And like, just go scan his discography, and we get into yeah. this a little bit. He's yeah. he just I don't mean this in a bad way, and I we address it in the interview, and I don't mean to spoil anything. But it's like sometimes it just seems like he just kind of throws stuff out there. It's like okay, the, these tracks, yeah. like listen to these tracks, yeah, and the, everything seems to be like approached with a humor, which I appreciate. And I, I really like if you're looking for an album experience, check out "You're No Fun." Um, mm. I think that was one of my favorite yeah. um, albums of its type, almost like kind of like a beat tape, but with some rapping. And if, if you look at that album, it seems to be like kind of like a self-portrait on the cover. And uh, yeah, he's just, he, he was an interesting guy. Uh, I, I liked talking to him, but he's like kind of like someone you 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 notice online because they're funny or whatever. But like, he's a, he's a full-on hip-hop head. He's really committed to the art form. And um, we, we definitely enjoyed talking to him and learning more about his stuff. And it seemed like a good time with this um, album with Homeboy Sandman, who's certainly an artist that we are interested in and um who's so productive dude he just did that thing with uh aesop rock last year and then boom. yearly or twice a year yeah. he just got the, he just has so much to he's say. a machine yeah he's definitely a machine and so um so we talk a little bit about that we talked to Illingsworth about his career we talk a little detroit um so let's get to it this is our interview with Illingsworth, dad bod rap pot Dad Bod Rap Pod, every week we bring on guests who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have Detroit-based producer MC Illingsworth. What's happening, man? Hey, hey, what's going on? Uh, chilling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, chilling. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Yeah, good Good to have you on. Is is it rapper, producer, producer, rapper? How do you, how do you see yourself? Uh, well, I... I oftentimes think of myself as a rapper who tricked people into thinking I was a producer. <laughs> well played, sir. That's how I look at it. <laughs> that, that's dope. Um, we'll talk about your new project where you produce for Homeboy Sandman in just a little bit. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, your initial influences. I am fascinated by Detroit as a city and, and it's output of rappers and producers and such and i'm wondering um how much of being from detroit kind of influenced you and where where your your rap producer influences come from hmm. uh well as far as my influences i think it i think it has a lot to do with like where detroit and michigan are like geographically like 
Mm-hmm. Per- personally, in my upbringing, I felt like I got a lot of stuff from the East and the West Coast. Um, you know what I'm saying? When I was young, it was a lot of... Uh, actually, let me even take it back before that. I mean, this this qualifies as West Coast, but like when I was a child, it was like straight up like MC Hammer. Hey. Stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, you know, growing up, learning about the, the joys of profanity, you know, <laughs> started hearing stuff like NWA, like Snoop, okay. like Ice Cube. Uh, and then later, um, later, a lot of East Coast stuff, Wu-Tang, uh, Mob Deep, uh, Roots. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's a lot of like the rap stuff. I mean, I when people ask me this question, I'm always invariably invariably going to forget <laughs> yeah yeah um uh as far as like on the production tip again like a lot of east coast and west coast people um definitely the wu-tang uh and the, the rizza and all the associated producers uh you know played a big role dj premier pete rock of course jay dilla um mm-hmm. the the first the first time that i knew that i was listening to dilla uh, was with uh, Slum Village's Fantastic Volume 2 album. Mm. And for me, that album kind of like rearranged how I thought about making beats. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I never was able to meet Jay Dilla. The closest I got was being in the same room with him at the same time before I knew what he looked like. So I didn't even, I couldn't, uh... even, I couldn't even like look and see where he was. I just knew that he was in the room. <laughs> but uh, like, I, 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 I don't feel comfortable saying something like Jay Dilla changed my life because I didn't sure. get a chance to know him, but like his music changed my ear and the way mm. that I thought about making beats. Um, also, Timberland. Timberland is a, was a, was another big early production influence. Nice. Uh, we've been we're on a little run of interviewing Detroit related people. We had Dan Charnis on the author of the Dilla time book. Then we talked to I, fat I Ray. I just copped that book. Did yeah, you? Nice. I, yeah. I gotta, you you going to love it. Myself and for my friend. Yeah, it's so good. Um, we were lucky yeah. enough to be able to sit with it for a while before it came out to try to think up some intelligent questions. Don't know if we did, but um, it was just, I'm it was sure. nice to have that time to, especially all the graphs and charts and all that stuff. How we, I'm not a musical person. So the, when he's yeah. talking about like splitting the, the 16th notes into one night 192nd i'm like okay. i really needed a chart like that doesn't make any sense to me yeah. um so it's it's <laughs> awesome but um we also i think we're just curious like do you consider your music to be part of uh like a scene like there's there's uh you know there's just a ton happening in detroit music but like do you consider yourself to be part of any scene do you have a crew or are you just kind of your own person um, doing your own thing well i mean technically i have a crew in that uh you know for many years of my journey in making music uh i've been a part of a, a rap trio uh called detroit city i know ah. a very creative name <laughs> uh, but, but C- city city is an acronym we spell it cydi for can you dig it Oh, nice! And that, and that, and that's with my homies, uh, Sean Uppercut and Rufio Jones, uh, two guys who I've known uh, longer than I haven't. You know, what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I've, I've I've known them for like over two decades at this point. Like these people are my brothers, and uh, in that group, uh, we all rap, but I primarily handle uh, the production. Um, so that's that's kind of my de facto crew of of brothers. Um, I kind of see myself um, like of 
I, I, as you guys may know, I've done a whole lot of production for Open Mike Eagle. He's yeah. somebody that I yeah. look up to greatly. Yeah. Um, from a, from a person standpoint, from an artist standpoint, um, yeah. you know, from a from a goal standpoint, I think he's super dope. And I, I feel like I kind of fit in that lane, sort of. Mm-hmm. I'm way more random and scatterbrained than a lot of people, which will probably come through as we continue to talk. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I see, I see somebody like him uh, as as not only somebody that I look up to, but hopefully a contemporary. Um, mm. You know, and and, pe- and other people that are kind of in that vein. Uh, you know, I, I you know even people that are like we we kind of are around the same age and have been doing stuff the same time. There are a lot of people that I still look to, and, and I'm like, wow, like this guy's incredible. Uh, Quelle Chris, Denmark Vesey. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, they've been longtime favorites of mine. Uh, both of those guys, solo and together, when they when they do stuff together. Um, yeah, I, as far as like being in the scene, like you know, I don't know. At, at times, I've considered myself part of a scene, but I think because of like the the pandemic and everything, I do yeah. feel much more just like a a. a lone wanderer <laughs> to an extent because <laughs> i'm really not seeing a whole lot of people these days sure uh you know as, as far as it goes with like you know music and and hanging out or anything you know what i mean but hopefully i i, I plan to try to get back to that a little bit uh soon kind of in a in a safe way um and you know maybe maybe we can make a new scene <laughs> out of out of the ashes um so yeah, I, I'm I'm curious. I want to ask you about a, a specific song um, that you have, where you talk about you shit on yourself as an adult. And I ran it I ran it back maybe three times because I know sometimes like there's like extended metaphor and and or you know cats is just being random, but I was in a way mesmerized uh, because. I just could not tell. I'm like, is he being fucking for real right now? Or did am I do I keep missing the hook? Either way, it, it's a hilarious and dope song. Please help me understand. Well, well, let me ask you this. Did you know what it was about before you listened to it? No, because I was just kind of doing the research like, oh, OK, this is a cool which I, I, the album was dope. And I'm like, did he just say shit on himself as an adult? <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> So, so check this out. I, I love when people come across that song and listen to it without knowing what it's about first, mm. because it's a story. Yeah, it has a beginning, middle and end. It has, a, you know, a logical thread that follows all throughout. And it's true. OK, <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> it's a true story, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy when people get to experience the surprise of not knowing what the song is about, listening to it, and then finding out, and then having that you know light bulb go off. It's a wonderful song to perform live. <laughs> um, As the promoter looks at the couch, like, "What? Who did I? <laughs> who did oh, I?" Book? You, you'd be amazed. You know, like when I when I do it live, not the shitting, but like the rapping. <laughs> when I when I do it live, towards the end, I try to do a little call and response. And you'd be surprised how many people like shout super loud when I, you know, drop the beat out and say, if you if you ever shit on yourself as an adult, make some noise. And the, and the screams, they pour in. <laughs> there are a lot of people out there who I think were just waiting for the platform to admit 
that they had done this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a, it's really a community that you've started of, uh, <laughs> of, of people who have, who have, who have deuced on themselves. Um, you, you're a funny dude as we we've established through hearing your song and some other things. Um, do you have like, did you look to the other, I don't, I want to say humorous rappers, funny rappers. Um, do you draw inspiration from that? From that um, kind of lineage of the, the Danny Brown, the ODB, the, the, the class clowns of hip hop? Uh, well, definitely. I mean, you know, I think Danny is dope. Danny is also somebody else who's super inspirational. Um, of course, ODB, like, I, you know, I've already mentioned Wu-Tang at least twice. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they were, they were big for me, uh, you know, growing up. Um, I think my humor comes mostly from just being a fan of, of humor and comedy. Mm. Um, you know, I, I grew up listening to a lot of stand-up comedy, uh, you know, stealing uh, records and tapes from my mom's collection. And like, you know, listening to that stuff like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Paul Mooney, mm. uh, you know, that's just to name a few. And, you know, through that that love of, uh, you know, ingesting comedy and just wanting to make people laugh has, you know, followed me throughout my life. Um, so that's kind of where that comes from. I don't necessarily uh, look at rappers who use humor as a as a as a blueprint blueprint or necessarily like an inspiration like i enjoy mm -hmm. when rappers are humorous but mm -hmm. i'm i don't necessarily search that stuff out myself and i that i don't think there's any body that would be considered like a humor rapper that i that i have like patterned myself off of i guess okay um yeah, I, i'm just a fan of, i'm just a fan of humor and i like when rappers put yeah like, like i think doom is really <laughs> funny but he's not setting out to be funny necessarily right he's like yeah. it's all in the wordplay but if yeah. but anyone who and that, and that is out, somebody who I've kind of looked up to as well, you know. What I'm but saying? if you set out yeah. to make comedic rap, the line is so fine, and people are usually on the wrong side of it for me. I don't know why. It's just, it's just you don't like yeah. Afro Man. Before it can get weird quick. Yeah, exactly. You you took your uh, your humor into the physical realm over the holidays. I saw you made a line of hoodies, uh, one kind of a, the anti girls stealing your hoodies movement, and then one that really mm -hmm. caught my eye was you made a hoodie specifically. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. This is how I took it, just from being on the other side of the Twitter feed. You made a hoodie to remind people going home for Christmas that they are not a child anymore and that their family needs to take them seriously. Did I get the joke there? Yes, absolutely. You got it. You got it. You know, tell we, us a little bit about that. Was that merch for you? Was it just a joke that got, that uh, got taken real? Like, tell us a little bit about it. Well, I, I started a, a Teespring account just to like throw up random ideas just to see what sticks and just to like some of the stuff I don't expect anyone to buy. Right. But I just put it up on there because it makes me chuckle. <laughs> um, you know, the, the remember I'm not a child thing that's just born out of, you know, people becoming adults and their parents not wanting to mm. accept that mm. or not wanting to, uh, you know, say respect them in that kind of way. Um, you know, so I, I thought of that one, that would be like, oh, that's a fun conversation or argument starter. For right. Like exactly. <laughs> Depending on the family. Yeah. It's a confrontational yeah, you know. way to come to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was for anybody who wanted to like be very confrontational for the holidays. 
Um, and hopefully somebody got to utilize it in that way. Some people did actually buy that one. Somebody got uh, written out the will. It's, it's all. <laughs> right, right. And then also like the anti, I call it the anti-theft hoodie. Mm. Uh, you know, we I, I got a couple of different versions. I got I have a, like a non-binary version that says like this ain't theirs. Nice. So like, you know, whatever, nice. whatever, uh, you know, you identify as you can, you can get a hoodie uh, that will hopefully uh, not be stolen. <laughs> um, although many people have hit me up to say that like this would make them steal it yeah, more <laughs> right right now it's a provocation yeah Man, you know so so dope it, it, it's cool either way uh you know i appreciate people getting the hoodies um because it's silly and i like spreading silliness <laughs> <laughs> um i'm I'm curious how you decide when to release a body of work, like what makes something a body of work? Because as I'm looking at your discography, it's it's pretty extensive. Um, how, how do you batch up your work? How do you present your work to people? Well, I mean, sometimes it's based on just the feeling like if I feel like I have if I feel like I've been kind of on fire during a particular span of time, I'm like I, I got to let people hear these. Uh, sometimes it's literally uh desperation <laughs> like i need i need money <laughs> maybe Nothing people will buy this. but you yeah. know as as far as like from a quality standpoint uh, you know i still try to put things up that i actually want people to hear um yeah uh so th- those two things um you know I, i'm i've always been the type of person where i i don't really like uh release schedules and rollouts i like being able to just like if i'm feeling this type of way and i have a song or a beat or something that reflects that i like this current landscape where everybody has the option to just put things out whenever they want Mm -hmm. um you know i'm saying i don't consider myself to be any kind of like salesman or promoter or marketer any or anything like that so that's just the kind of the way i operate for better or worse um you know and when i team up with people who do have those capabilities and that capacity then you know i i do what they need to do to be able to you know feel comfortable putting their material out but as as it pertains to me i just like dropping stuff when the time feels right really nice um to that note how do you differentiate between something that might appear more like a beat tape or just just a batch and then something like you're no fun where it really feels like albumy uh well with with you're no fun um that was kind of the goal beforehand that was one of the few things where like I kind of had a goal to make an album and set out to Mm. to to make an album um like that album is like that um my my uh, EP album whatever you want to call it I didn't ask for this it's kind of like that Mm. where I kind of had an idea that I wanted to stick to and follow through to the end um yeah i I don't know if that fully answers the question (laughs) whenever the fuck i feel like it i think that's a in summary in summary um i kind of feel like that right now as far as like you know i I have a thing that i'm slowly working on okay um and and i want to i want to have it at least able to be released before april Okay, but, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that, goals that very soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah very, no, very no, soon. no pressure there. There's something else that's coming out real soon. Um, Want to talk about uh, there in spirit? 
yes. your new uh album with homeboy sandman this is all your beats um yes. had a chance to listen to the to the album today super dope talk to us about how that came together and what it's like to work with the monster that is uh <laughs> lyrically homeboy sandman well well first off i apologize for not even mentioning like half the reason <laughs> at least half the reason why i'm <laughs> on here right now in the beginning homeboy sandman is an incredible mc Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying from the from the wordplay, the diction, the prolificness. Like he he is incredible. I've been a fan of him for a long time. I actually met him for the first time. Man, how many years ago was that? It might have been like five years ago. He was doing a show here in Detroit, and uh, me and Rufio Jones of my mm -hmm. rap trio, Detroit City, we actually opened up for him mm. at that show. Um. And, uh, you know, I met him and just kicked it with him real quick afterwards. Um, also, kind of concurrently, uh, House Shoes had recommended more than once that he and I, like, team up and do some work. He, he felt like mm. Uh, uh, me and Homeboy Sandman could make some good stuff. And I think what eventually happened was I might have reached out to him on, like, Facebook, of all things, <laughs> and, like, hit him up. But, we, you know, we started building a rapport. Um you know, we actually have uh, at least one song that's complete where he and I are rapping together. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, okay. Over, over someone else's production. I, I have no idea when that's going to come out, but I think it's going to be dope. And I think people will like it when it when it comes out. But uh, as far as like the Darren spirit, he kind of just like asked me if he could use, uh, uh, you know, a set of beats. Mm. And of course, being a fan of Homeboy Sam, and I'm like, of course, man, like, yeah, you know, do your thing, you know, and and you know, uh, he he began to send me these joints that he he was cutting, and they're all incredibly dope. So like, it's kind of a no <laughs> no breaker, yeah. Like, like, yeah, man, if you want to put this stuff out, of course, <laughs> put it out. Um, so that's really how it came about, man. You know, just being open to collaboration, really. It's so and so you're just there's there's beats out there. He wants to use them. You give him permission and then he just starts sending you tracks. So you just at the house and now you have homeboy Sandman tracks. What is that like? Yeah, to <laughs> man, you, you know, like this experience, along with many others I've been having over the last two years or so have been really incredible as far as like getting to work with people Um that maybe I thought that I would get to work with, or maybe never thought that I would get to work with. And, and just having, you know, so many like dope secret, you know, for a time things just in my computer. And like, just, you know, I, I feel very proud. I feel very lucky. Um, you know, especially with like how, crazy the world is right now yeah. and just yeah. my own trajectory like i've been making music for decades and like i've i kind of just felt like over the last maybe like three or four years that i've kind of been going in the direction that i really want to be going in which is really just working with people that are dope <laughs> that i yeah. look up to um and people that you know maybe aren't as known yet but who i think are dope and and just getting to make cool music and have people listen to it, man. Like it's it's a really incredible feeling. Right on. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
every time we have someone who's a producer or moonlights as a producer on, I like to ask them, what's their setup? What, what's your, what's your gear situation? What's your software situation? What are you, what are you using these days? And like, how do you, what's your workflow like? Well, um, these days I'm kind of primarily on the uh, Ableton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been using Ableton since maybe like, uh, what year was that? It's been a while. Shouts out to my homie Raj Mahal, who is an incredible producer. He's the person who originally put me up on Ableton. Because mm. um, he at the time he was living in Chicago and they were doing like a live beat event called Push Beats. And he invited me to come out. And I was like, yo, I don't know how to do a live beat set. Like I'm not a DJ and I don't, you know, I don't know how to put those things together. Right. And then he he told me about Ableton. And at the time I was using a program called Sony Acid Pro 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, up until that point, I had been using various versions of Sony Acid. And, uh, you know, I, I started trying to learn how to make, uh, you know, beat sets in Ableton, figured out how a way I could do that for me that worked well. And then I just started making tracks in Ableton because mm. Ableton is an incredibly powerful uh, software. Uh, so that's kind of a staple of my setup is uh, Ableton. Um, as far as like what I need to make beats, bare minimum i just need a computer an audio interface a copy of ableton and a midi keyboard like yeah. i can i can get busy with that yeah um yeah. you know we can also bring in a uh, a uh, record player you know what i'm saying so i can sample vinyl yeah but i i kind of will sample from anywhere though you know what i'm saying i'll sample from vinyl i'll sample from stuff off the internet i'll sample mm-hmm. from cds cassettes tapes videos it don't matter <laughs> um, that's what's up you know, and a keyboard and mouse, really. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, awesome. I also, over here, I got a, uh, I got a couple of launch pads. I got the, uh, the, the original uh, Novation launch pad. Mm. I got a launch pad Pro. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I could tap stuff out uh, when I want to, but I could do that on the keyboard too. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really, really those pieces. You know what I'm saying? I got a, I got a uh, Mini Nova. I got a, a Micro Korg. My homie Raj let me borrow uh, his uh, Roland uh, synthesizer, and nice. he gave me this cool. Uh, I-, I could put it up in the camera for y'all. This uh, work work stat. Oh, it's, it's my. Uh, <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Nice. Oh, uh, a little Moog synthesizer. Yeah. Synth, uh, that I've been fooling around with. There are there's a way to hook a keyboard to it that, but I need to save some money so I could buy the equipment. <laughs> But it, it's that's a really it. fun like synthesizer to just make weird bleeps and blorps. Yeah, that's on, awesome. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's pretty much it. You know, Ableton and a MIDI uh, keyboard and an audio interface. That's that's really the main piece. <laughs> that's what's up. And and just satisfy our curiosity here. Every time we talk to a Detroit producer rapper type, they're in a basement. Are you in a basement right now? <laughs> I'm not in a basement, actually. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I, I apologize. That Breaking I precedent. Basement. Detroit Brothers <laughs> above ground. Uh, the the first the first uh studio that I ever had like complete access to with the homies was in the basement though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had a uh, you know when when me and my homies first decided to create a group. Uh, shout out to my homie Daryl. Uh, his godmom let us set up a studio in her basement. And we had unfettered access to her basement. 
Um, man really seems like an important part of the hip-hop culture there that they have these basements and they're not like they're not soundproof necessarily but at least they're away from people so you can experiment so you can go deep into the night like it's just it's a very interesting thing we live in california and it's it's garage it's a garage culture but yeah (laughs) same idea same idea (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, so you got you got um darren spirit homeboy sandman collaborative work coming out on the 25th what's next for uh illingsworth you said April. April. Do you uh, want to talk about that record? Can you not talk about that record? I I can't talk about that because right. I, right. I might I might change my mind. But I want I want <laughs> I want to be done with it by the okay. end of March, so that I can think about at, at the very least putting it out in April. I uh, definitely got some more music in the works with Open Mike Eagle. Excellent. Um, hopefully we'll be having some more music coming out with IDK. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. I'm just. I can't see why myself and Homeboy Sandman wouldn't make some more music. So yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. probably in the future. Uh, Illingsworth, thanks for coming on the program, man. Wish Thank you, you much me. success going forward, man. Thank hey, you. Likewise, likewise. Thank you. So that was our conversation with Illingsworth. I want to thank him for coming on. Um, Illingsworth, I think we mentioned this in the interview. He, when he's rapping, he gives me the comfort of open mic eagle. Yeah, it's a bit, there's it's, a there's an ease with the rapping. I, I totally he, know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's a gift to be able to connect mm-hmm. with people like that. Like mm-hmm. the. The, the biggest rappers, your your ghost faces, your biggies, your jays, they seem like superheroes. And like, I like listening to superheroes rap. Like, don't get me wrong. I like all the same classic stuff as everyone else does for similar reasons. I love it. I love a normal guy. Yeah. I love a normal yeah. guy who's just good yeah. with words. It's just yeah. like, it's it's very comforting. And I like, it's, it's cool to rap about normal stuff. And like, uh, there's a conversational ease that's it, what it is. The I tone find, is I find very welcoming. Like I want to listen to more. Um, yep. And there were times when I didn't feel that way, or I've like vacillated on it. But I, I'm at a point in my life where I, if if you can put words together in a compelling way, we you you and I have had this conversation many times. Demon, we it's like at at its heart, rap is just slick talk. It's, it's slick kinda, talking. It's it's like it, there's also like a, uh, I don't know how to put it, but like just an a comfort with language and like a deployment mm-hmm. of language that it's I, I enjoy listening to it's yeah play. you you play with it like it can be serious it yeah. can do other things but at, at essence it's about playing with the words and i think illingsworth is kind of part of that tradition obviously homeboy sandman's part of that tradition um he's a little different it's a little bit harder it's like it's more uh i'm doing this i'm doing like rap hands rappy hands rap hands yeah, it's like it's it's rapid fire and like yeah. almost like uh it's wowing you i, I feel like with illingsworth okay. and with mike okay. it's like okay it's like it's bringing you it's not it's not coming at you it's coming with you does that make sense yep no no homeboy sandman. Like fully I- developed thoughts 
But, no, no, um, Homeboy Sandman is doing, um, he is he is wowing you with the craft, uh, with speed or cadence. and uh, Often and, both at the same time. It's just it, like, whoa, is, dude, that run you just did was insane. Where, with, like, Mike and Illingsworth, who we're not necessarily here to compare, but they they do, they it, it, the Illingsworth, during, when we talked to Illingsworth, we're like, wow, he kind of reminds us of Mike. And, like, Mike's the homie and Mike's so cool. And we've gotten a chance to get to know Mike a little bit. So it was just like, oh, I could see why they click. Like, that's oh, that's yeah. a good that's a good point of comparison and that they should work more because they sound great together. But um, the point that I thought was kind of interesting was um, they're not necessarily slick like Illingsworth like tweets about like farting and, you know, like it's like it's, <laughs> and Mike is like a, a single dad who has problems. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like it's yeah. just like it's it's real. But they do it. But they do it in a slick way. I think the way I think the, the line here is you can be a, a rap every man if you can make it work. Mm-hmm. If you could somehow still make it entertaining, because the, the other side of this is just people rapping about regular shit. And you're like, dude, I do that. Like, <laughs> you got to make my life seem interesting if you're going to be uh, uh, an everyman rapper, which I think Illingsworth does a good job of and brings a, a level of absurdity to it. Um, I felt like on There in Spirit, the new Homeboy Sandman, Illingsworth uh, collaborative, which is all, I think Illingsworth is on one song. So it's mostly just his beats uh, with Homeboy Sandman rapping. Um, he, his production palette is the right thing for Homeboy Sandman. I think what separates a good Homeboy Sandman record from an eh one is always the production palette. Uh, it was interesting to hear that Homeboy Sandman did not love Dusty, uh, the record, which I thought oh, was that pretty was, good. That's so weird. Like that—that that was uh, I was like, but you came on and said it was so great. Like I, I'm still so weird about that. But then because he was on the jerk, was like this like emotional bloodletting thing yeah. where like yeah. he had a lot of shit he wanted to get off his chest, and so yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't need to feel a way about that, but I was just like, hmm, that's not what you said on my interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like uh, I don't I forget what it, it's I think it's on the Tonight Show in the 90s, like Janine Garoppolo came on and she clearly hated the movie that she was pitching mm. and she couldn't hide it. Mm. Like, like she had this deep disdain. Uh, I, I got to find that clip. That's but um, funny. But uh, yeah, I feel was like it, uh, do you know if it was that movie she did with uh, Uma Thurman, uh, Must Love Dogs? Maybe was that the nineties? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it might have been the two thousands. It doesn't matter. I just happened to watch that. I mean, that movie is a disaster. Like there is right. a full on part at the end where Janine Garofalo, like the weird, like kind of like slacker comedian, is like doing Pratt falls on uh, rollerblades being pulled by this big dog. Like it is <laughs> such a disaster and so tonally off, like as to be remarkable like i don't mind talking about it on my hip-hop podcast like, it's because that it's up. that bad it's so wrong like it's just they, they, she was just miscast and it was just bad but anyway okay anyway. What, what's the name of the movie must love dogs must love dogs because she's like a dog walker person okay this is flooding back to me yeah. in a very strange i don't know if way. it's the right thing if you do happen to find the clip i am interested okay. in it but uh okay. yeah anyway yeah so you could come on and lie to us if you're a good rapper uh <laughs> say and say that you like projects you didn't like because uh, he's got a job to do, I but mean, um, you know, this is again kind of like an existential 
podcast thing but like it's nice to talk to people who aren't promoting something sometimes it's like yeah it's cool yeah. and dave is great about this when we can we can try to catch people off cycle as we call it because like yeah. we don't always want to talk about the new record we haven't always heard the new record we're not always yeah. digging the new record it's just like it's an excuse to talk to people and so we got to talk about their whole career but yeah it's just it's it's weird to be part of that promotional cycle thing all the time and also it's it's not like the people we're talking to are like brad pitt who's on like a junket where he's like getting every like regional newscaster asking right. him five questions every half an hour but like it's not not like that at times you know it's like yeah i'm actually crafty with the questions and then keep it lively because otherwise it's like well you work with this person tell us about that and it's like they're yeah. you can kind of yeah. see their bother your their energy fall yeah and they're like and they're okay just like, i can do this but I'm not happy about it. It's just an odd thing. But I think we've learned over the past uh, 8,000 episodes how to, uh, how to glean a little bit of energy out, out, of, our, out of a promo run. And um, Ellingsworth wasn't on a promo run when we talked to him, but uh, he does have a project coming out. He couldn't remember uh, what it was called while we were, uh, while we were on. But um, he does have this uh, project coming out. It's called Ellingsworth's Hashtag Illingsworks. Hashtag. Oh, that's a. Ah, I see. Hashtag Illingsworks Volumes One and Two, which is a seven inch um, that you can pre-order right now on uh, on Big Cartel. Uh, we'll we'll post a link to it um, on the twits when we uh, when we post this episode. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to hear. Refreshing to hear. He doesn't give a fuck about rollouts. Um, that he's just doing his thing, uh, and we wish him continued success with that uh we wish you the viewer continued health and success you can still wear your mask you could you could still rock it nobody could whatever the county wherever you're at says you can still rock that shit should we come out with dad bod masks oh uh, yeah that's just they, like do you still... have a time machine <laughs> but but a branded mask that play on the fact that we're still gonna rock we're still it. we're still rocking and it's like we still listen to cool g rap we still <laughs> wear masks we were just like living in the past uh yeah i don't know man it's like I, okay I, we talked about this off air i'll just briefly recount this uh anecdote we went lucia and i went somewhere yesterday it was an outdoor thing but we're just so used to putting on our masks we walked up to the barbecue with our masks on and then we quickly realized we were the only people wearing masks and we had this kind of like well should we and i was like wait it's outside basically the science seems to say that you cannot catch this outside so i'm gonna i'm gonna take it off but i did feel weird about it but yeah i mean i'll probably be the one guy in my office still rocking it and it's like if you get the sniffles if you have seasonal allergies if you like have mm -hmm. a tickle in your throat one stay home but like two yeah. it's okay to throw the mask on like asian yeah. cultures have been doing it for years absolutely and it's Absolutely. considerate and now we're all used to it and i don't even have that much acne on the bridge of my nose anymore so like yeah it's all good i don't know it's just a confusing time i don't know everybody wants to eat peppermints and red onions without consequences <laughs> and they're just we're russian we're russian we can wait uh it's yeah, so funny to me that you put those two things in in uh like together is it just that they're both oh, strong smells yeah 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 i mean don't do it together Ooh, i can't even imagine <laughs> but if, if you know when you eat a sandwich especially if the red onions are well, i don't put onions on my sandwiches partly because of what you're talking about i'm a big no raw onion person green onions especially the green part we can talk everything okay. else is a straight up pass uh, a pickled red onion you're, pickled you're not is different 
we could okay, talk. Then it just depends how pickled and how thin. In but a salad, raw onions. It's in a, a no. salad. No, and a red a red onion in a no salad. red onion in salad. No. Oh. Yeah, I don't eat raw onions. Yeah, I don't like the taste of raw onions. Yeah, and I, I interesting. I, I'm kind of concerned for people who do. <laughs> like I'm like, uh, what is it you're enjoying about this? You like eating sulfur. Like that's what you're telling me. Yeah. Which I, which is which is how I feel when people eat eggs. But to each their own. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> to each their own. Any I, kind of egg, a hard boiled egg. I don't eat eggs. I mean, if I can taste it. Like if wow. you bake it in something and I cannot taste it, fine. Wow. But but um, it smells like sulfur and death to me. Wow! Um, I was at a dinner party over the weekend where I was being assailed for my uh, for your no, your uh, no uh, egg stance, your anti ovo lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Get these pre chickens away from me. Wow! Um, Very interesting. So this is a learning community here on Dad by Rap Pod. You're going to learn about our favorite condiments and our least favorite uh, food types. Di- can can we talk about it? Can we talk about your Our your news? <laughs> <laughs> I think we just did. I'm I'm not ready to talk about the thing you're alluding to yet. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Stay Someday tuned soon. for, Someday for soon. Nate's Onion Podcast uh, <laughs> coming, coming out in the Onion. It's just um, layers. Layers. Uh, yeah. So you know, you know how to find us. We're on Twitter at Dad rap pod you can um, putting, putting only good vibes out into the universe i i loved your thought process <laughs> on on what to tweet and, and what not to tweet i think you made a good decision you had a, a nice exchange with uh one of a uh, one of our favorite rappers today which i thought was cool uh but you can reach out to us on twitter at dad bod rap pod on instagram at dad let me Rock ask you this Damone. i know you're in the process of podcast or uh, promoting our podcast and i shouldn't interrupt you but uh, do you feel like Instagram is like on its way out? Like it's they've basically Hopefully. made it unusable. Like Hopefully. it just fucking sucks now in the way that like eventually Facebook started to suck and like yep. Tw- yep. Twitter's a hellscape, but we're all addicted to it. It's like let's have that conversation a different time. Do you feel yeah. like the layout and the the way that Instagram has become? I don't quite know how to describe. Uh, Instagram has so become in the Instagram has become in the words of the uh, immortal Saquon. Uh, it is turned into the penny saver. Uh, <laughs> it's turned into an obnoxiously laid out series of ads that are interspersed with little nonsensical. Because here's the thing the idea of taking a picture of yourself or most things that you would take a pictures of, we ran eye candy into the ground. That's what this last five to seven years has been about. There's not, there's not a beach, there's not a, a, a selfie, there's nothing that would make me be like, oh, that's. I'm enjoying looking at this right now. There's nothing that hasn't mm, been There are done. a few things I enjoy looking at still, but I hear you. That's very interesting. Societally, I totally hear you. Yeah, I have we, not we, heard the penny saver referenced in a long time. <laughs> that is a very funny thing to say, dude. Uh, all, all praise to a Saquon who I saw do his uh, Christmas uh, James Brown tribute set, which is always amazing. Uh, he listens sometimes. Uh, so shout out. I shout feel out like to you Saquon. would really hate this podcast. <laughs> I don't know him at all, but I do follow him on Instagram, and I always look at his. Oh Instagram no, no, he's a fan. He likes he likes Dave in particular. Ah, well, uh, he has good taste. Exactly, exactly. Uh, shout out to Dave. We got to get him on an upcoming episode, but um, yeah, we're <laughs> we got to have Dave guest star on the show. <laughs> I think that's what he's doing. He's like, when I come back, you will roll out the red carpet and you will shut the fuck up when I talk, which uh, which I, I respect. Now Dave's got his. He's got his class. Uh, he's a, a busy working dude. Would be appreciate all his help. 
booking amazing artists that we bring to you. Uh, we also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash dadbonratpod. If you go there right now, you can hear the latest installment of Fly Sporadic. You can also hear a first ever uh, solo podcast by your boy. Solo uh, Demo. Yeah, it was a interesting experience. I talked about um, Nick Craven's new record, uh, N3. And, and now was, I'm going to list all of my rebuttals. No, I'm just Exactly, kidding. exactly. So when I was doing it, I'm like, oh, Nate can't say shit. Well, like, let me just say one just thing because going. it's killing me. It's not a compilation. It's a producer album. And we will no, talk it's offline. Shit, <laughs> it's, shit, it's shit like that. that I know you couldn't rebuttal. I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. I have, there's no, there's no bumpers. It's kind of like those, that, uh, those two weeks where Jeremy Lin was the best player ever. Just because he had the ultimate green light, the Knicks were so bad that they yeah. were just like, so I was jacking up shots. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I averaged 27 uh, I points. I enjoyed the record more than you did, but I appreciated your review and enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that you could get on our Patreon. We do kind of little bonus segments, uh, mix shows. Uh, David has been raffling off some of his uh, prize promotional merch that he's uh, collected over time. Um, as little as $5 a month gets you in the door. Shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers. Uh, you know, it's us. We do a, a podcast every Thursday. Uh, it's called the Dad Bod Rap Pod. What?